This podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. I have an anchor point in my life. It's, it's a true north that has helped me enormously through this COVID-19 season. I can express it simply, almost simplistically in the phrase, Jesus is my highest joy. It, it's, it's a way of, of focusing and, and just enabling me to think better thoughts, to act better, better uh, choices in the midst of, of rough seas and difficult times and in the midst of wonderful celebrations. This week, I have celebrated a very significant anniversary uh, in my life, in our family's life. It's 25 years that we have been in Australia and 25 years that I have been the pastor of New Hope Baptist, Baptist Church. Uh, originally, it was uh, the Blackburn North Baptist Church when we arrived and I was inducted. And over that course of time, this, this uh, incredible true north has fixed my ministry. Jesus is my highest joy. There have been times when we've been together worshiping as a church family and singing celebrations and my soul has been lifted above the rafters of the church and in every sense I experience the fullness of that. Jesus is my highest joy. And I've been down in the depths in the course of ministry. I have been with people in their deepest suffering. I have had some of the pains and brokenness and, and failures of, of my own ministry leak into my soul in ways that have, have brought me to, yeah, just tearful places. And it's in those places that I've been able to say, Jesus is my highest joy. And holding on to that true north to negotiate and to navigate. It is a wonderful privilege to have a sense of true north, something that directs us. And through this season, as we think about uh, our return to uh, a, a, a season of ministry that, that is, is more more conducive to being together and connecting, so something a bit more like where we were, uh, there's all kinds of bumps in the road, all kinds of challenges, just as there were for the children of Israel as they uh, experienced exile and then the opportunity to return. We're going to listen to the words of a psalm uh, today, Psalm 137, in which the, the author celebrates the faithfulness of God in the midst of deep grief and pain and loss. Listen to these wonderful words of pathos and promise. Psalm 137 verses 1 to 6. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing to us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill and may my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. The Israelites were in exile in Babylon and they anchored their faith with this simple uh, 
confidence, Jerusalem, their highest joy. I believe that what they were saying and celebrating is on the same map as what we as Christians are invited to celebrate. Jesus, our highest joy. And when we understand what they were, what they were saying and celebrating and how it was a true north for them, I think it can help us immensely as we take the journey that we are called to. Now, at the beginning of that psalm, it says that, that as, as they were there in captivity by the rivers of Babylon, they sat and wept as they remembered Zion. I wonder if you've had experiences like that in these recent weeks where something has just overtaken you and, and you've, you've just wanted to sit down and ha have a have a sorry moment for some of the things that we are missing out on in this season and some of the things that are lost to us. Maybe you've had a moment watching these worship gatherings online that, that, you know, with a few people in your home and, and it's like an echo of things in the past, but my goodness, have you had a moment where you've been sitting uh, watching the worship online and, and just suddenly wanted to sit down and, and, and and weep because you remember what it was like when we were all together. Um, the, the, the Christian walk has all kinds of moments like this. And as we make our return to the place where we've never been before and to the new thing that God is leading us into, it is perfectly acceptable to have moments of grief and sadness. You, you know, sometimes we just need to hang up our harp and to sit down and to weep because of the pain of what we have lost. And to know that in that pain, there can be incredible gifts. You can hang up your harp without hanging up your faith. And that's what these Israelites are teaching us to do. You can have a moment where you, you just face the truth and say, I can't, I can't sing for joy because my heart is breaking. But if you can hold faith, if I hang up my harp, but keep reminding myself, Jesus, my highest joy. I find in those moments gifts that I, I didn't even know existed. And I'll tell you what, it's much better to hang up your harp, sit down and weep, than it is to sing off key. Than it is to get frustrated as you engage in an experience that is hurting you, but you don't admit it. And so here are the Israelite people teaching us to weep when it, when, when it gets confronting and challenging and to, to reap the gifts of that grieving. Now, what a strange thing that they say as they hang up their harps, sit down and weep because of their exile, because of the, of the broken down walls of Jerusalem and the, the burned out temple. And then the psalmist says, but I, I'm not gonna sing today, but, but may, my, may my fingers become crippled and my tongue be tied if I don't keep celebrating in my soul the truth of Jerusalem, my highest joy. What's going on in this passage? How is it that Jerusalem, even though it's a broken down city, is their true north? When we understand what, what Jerusalem means to these people, when you understand who Jesus is, we're on the same map here, this, this can guide your soul in, in amazing ways. These, these children of Israel in captivity, they're not talking about Jerusalem as if it were some city that they'd been to on holiday, took a trip to Italy, came home and told our friends, oh, Florence, it's my highest joy. 
he's, they're re referencing the city as a birthplace. You know, have you ever visited the city where I was born? Beautiful city, it's my highest joy. There's something much more going on here. There's, there's layers of holiday wonder and layers of birthplace, but then there's layers of God's promise and layers of God's mystery and layers of God's hope. Jerusalem is almost a sacrament for these Israelites because they speak of the songs of Zion and then they speak of the songs of, of Jerusalem and then they speak of the songs of the Lord. And so Jerusalem is a place that speaks of God's promise. And they say, we can't sing right now, but, but may, may our, our mouths dry up and our skill to play the harp disappear if we don't keep Jerusalem front and center. Such is the call of their faith. For believers who live in this same storied tradition, in this same amazing love of God, we have an even, an even more dramatic uh, expression of God's love and connection with us in the person of Jesus. Jesus is my highest joy. When you understand who Jesus is and when you, when you gain a knowledge of what he has done, it, it, it creates a possibility to walk through life with your eyes on him and to, to live through grief, gaining its lessons, through joy, experiencing its blessings at higher levels. So who is Jesus? There's an experience that happened in the life of Jesus twice. It's recorded in Luke's Gospel in chapter uh, 3 and then again in chapter 9. When the sky itself opened up, the, the, from heaven God spoke and he gave us some very clear knowledge about who Jesus is. The first time it was at his baptism in the River Jordan. The heavens opened, a dove came and, and rested on Jesus as a symbol of the Spirit of the living God. And with Jesus the Son and the Spirit and God the Father speaking, this moment of community, the voice from heaven says, this is my Son. I love Him and I am so pleased with Him. Who is Jesus? He, he is the very Son of God who, who is in a relationship with God that, that there is unity and love and blessing and amazing pleasure. And he wants to teach us how to have the same relationship with our Creator, how to experience the same intimacy with God. That amazing event occurred a second time in Jesus' life uh, on a mountain uh, at a moment when Jesus was transfigured, the scriptures say. He was dramatically changed in front of his three closest disciples such that he glowed as if heaven's light was touching him. It was as if heaven opened and God put a, a, a magnanimous spotlight on Jesus and says, look here to the whole world. This is where you should pay attention. And the voice from heaven says again, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Do you want someone to speak comfort to your soul? Listen to him. Do you want someone to teach you the ways of peace when you've hung up your harp and you're sitting in tears? Listen to him. Do you want someone who can guide our church and guide our community in this season? Well, let's listen to him. Jesus, my highest joy. What, 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 a, what an anchor point, what a true north. You'll notice in this psalm that the Israelites, they could not sing 
because of their pain. And so they hung up their harps. But, but then it goes on, and, and actually they would not sing. Uh, they could not sing because of the pain of the loss and what they're experiencing. But then they would not sing because of the pressure of, of unbelief around them, because of the, the voice of their tormentors. And so this, this story, it, 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 it's bigger than just pain. It's about witness. It's about how we live our lives. Did you notice that it, it says uh, that the tormentors, the, the captors, asked them to sing some songs? Sing us one of those Jerusalem songs, would you? Come on, let's hear one of those happy clappy songs that you people sing. Give us one of those flag flies high in the castle of my heart songs while your castle lies in ruins. Why don't you give us one of those our God is an awesome God song while we laugh at you in chains. Why don't you give us one of those songs and we'll laugh louder and you can cry more bitterly. And it was in that context that they, that they said we, we cannot and we will not sing these songs to be, to be laughed at and to be derided and to dishonor our God. Now, there are some times when you, when, when you and I sing our songs in front of our captors, just like Paul and Silas. We sing the hymns of God and the prisoners were listening, it says. And you may remember that story from Acts. The jailer heard through that witness. Sometimes we sing in the midst of our pain, but sometimes in the midst of, of derision, it, it gets hard to, to sing. And sometimes when we are being called down, it's not right, as Jesus says, to throw, to throw pearls in front of swine. It, it, it's not right to put on a show. It's not right, as Jesus was called upon by Herod, you know, give us a sign, entertain us. And so these captives say, no, we're not going to play that game. And they hang up their harp, but they do not hang up their faith. They feel the pressure of unbelief around them. They feel the torment of those who, you know, it seems like the evil is winning, but they have a fixed view. Jerusalem. Jerusalem, our highest joy. May we never play the harp again and never be able to sing if we forget that anchor point, says the psalmist. And for the followers of God, who live on this side of the death and resurrection of Jesus. What a wonderful, clear, powerful picture we have of God's love for us in the person of Jesus. When you, when you begin to see uh, who Jesus is and begin to experience what Jesus has done, and when these things are, are real to you, it just grows and it multiplies. There are stories in the Bible that are so exciting and stories that I have seen repeat in my own ministry across several years of serving God. Amazing stories. There's a story in the scriptures of Jesus coming and helping out a businessman. Uh, his, his business was suffering. There was a challenge. He, he, he couldn't kind of get things together. And Jesus, in a miracle moment, uh, gives him an incredible return on his balance sheet. Uh, you may not know the story by that description, uh, but uh, the man's name was Peter. He had a fishing business and uh, the, the prophets were drying up in what he was trying to do. 
and Jesus gave him the catch of a lifetime, shifted his balance sheet astonishingly. Peter fell down on his knees and worshiped Jesus. I believe that Jesus comes to people's workplaces and does incredible miracles of grace and incredible uh, workings of love as we follow and as we, as we learn and as we obey. There was another man in the scriptures. Uh, he had made some life choices, uh, pretty bad, shocking life choices, and he'd gotten himself into a bind where he, uh, yeah, he had a really lovely place where he lived. He had all the, uh, the nice things of life. Uh, he had very few friends, and in fact, most of the people in the community couldn't stand the sight of him. And it, he, he clearly couldn't find a way out of that, that, that mix, that, 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 that place. And I've known people like that. I've, I've, I've walked with people in those journeys where the choices have you so boxed in that, that it just doesn't seem like there are any options. Uh, that, that man heard about Jesus, wanted so much to meet Jesus, climbed a tree to see him, and Jesus said, I'm going to stay at your place. And the encounter with Jesus shifted his soul so profoundly that he was able to make new choices, live, live out a new story, and serve God's kingdom in powerful ways. Jesus, my highest joy. He comes into the circumstances of life and we see it again and again. We have, we have stories to celebrate that anchor us when we feel like hanging up our harp, sitting and weeping. We do not need to hang up our faith. In Jerusalem, years later, this psalm was written. In Jerusalem, years later, when the walls were built and the city was established and worship was happening again, someone sat down and wrote this psalm, remembering the times in Babylon, remembering the losses, remembering the pain, and remembering what was learned in the midst of the grief, and remembering how they had anchored their faith in that hope, in that promise. Friends, we're on a journey. We are returning to where we have never been before. Uh, we are walking with God into a new season of the church's life and ministry. And right now in these early days, there are going to be moments when we can and we should sit and weep and receive the blessings and the gifts of the grief. As we sit and, we and weep, let's hold tightly to our faith. Jesus, Jesus, my highest joy. As we walk forward, there will be gatherings or times when we're together and there'll be things to celebrate and there will be experiences of loss and there will be newness and there will be the presence of Jesus and miracles and wonder and so many things to experience. We need a true north. We need a voice that speaks into our hearts and lives. We need an anchor point. Jesus, our highest joy.